This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. And welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and this is a very, very special episode because just yesterday, August 28th, 2021, marked the one year anniversary of the passing of Chadwick Bozeman. And I know for most folks who have been listening to last week's episode and last and as well as this recent episode of select start the video game podcast, I did say that the talk topic would be vacation friends starring John Cena in little rel. How are we? However, I did not realize that this was going to fall right up right around the time of uh, Chadwick Boseman's death. And as I was writing my notes, I kept it, it the, the, the mere thought of the one year passing just kept deepening and deepening in my mind to the point that it was like, there's no way I can make that movie the talk topic of this show. Considering the impact that that death had, that his death had on myself and so many people just a year ago with everything that went on just a year ago. So in honor of Chadwick Boseman, this episode is going to reflect back on what went on during that time, what he went on. We're going to talk about all that again, um, but we're also going to talk about what 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 were you feeling during the time of that passing and what we're feeling now and what has changed since then and what is going on and what we know now about his life and what we 
hopefully have taken from it. You know, a year has passed. Have we actually learned from anything that he has done and his time, even in this short attention society that we live in? Have we actually kept any of what we learned about his life with us? And are we, pro pro you know, prolonging that? You know, it's going to be some interesting things because it's going to involve some people that in today's standards will be considered controversial that uh, had an impact on his career. And it's going to ask some of those other questions like, you know, we're going to cancel everybody out to some reason, to some extent. And, you know, because without these people, certain people would not exist and certain things would happen. It's an interesting thing. It is a very interesting thing, but we're going to talk about all that and much more. So this episode is absolutely dedicated to the life and legacy of Chadwick Boseman, our king. So that is going to happen now, although I won't be focusing on vacation friends as a talk topic, I will still talk about that movie. Okay. In our next segment, because that movie does deserve to be talked about. Uh, not nowhere near to that, uh, to the, as a talk topic in comparison to it, what the talk topic is, but we will give light to that movie and why you should check it out as well as a lot of other information and news that has come out this week. So without further ado, folks, let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, folks let's get down to it because we got a lot of news to get down to like a lot of thoughts a lot of reviews a lot of opinions on things before we get to our talk topic so let's start with my thoughts on vacation friends starring john cena and laurel this movie which is available on hulu now this movie if you didn't like john cena before you gotta like him now or if you even liked him on suicide squad recently you're going to like him even more now because here's the thing as a wrestling fan, a lot of people had a love hate relationship with John Cena. I think it, you know, naturally they loved him and people like John Cena because when he started off, he was doing, he was very charismatic. He, he was very talented and the dude can actually, he can, he can spit a rhyme every once in a while. I mean, he started off like a, you know, with the rapper gimmick. But he was able to pull it off every time and people was digging it because before you know for aew fans before there was a max caster there was a john cena and john cena was the one that was really saying these controversial things and be able to you know say things that was like made you like whoa okay on camera so what max what max caster is doing is definitely like when people see him do that it, people love him to see love him doing it but we go back to like that john cena was doing it before that and that's what made him like famous then wwe and vince mcmahon wanted to change him and make him the new hulk hogan to some extent it, it was successful but people saw that you know the john cena that they love was being coming something that they didn't love and unfortunately john cena had to be the brunt of that it would i don't think it had anything to do with mostly john cena as much as it was the direction that they put him in and you know he became this you know superhero gi joe type character and people not everybody was digging 
because it felt like something that WWE was forcing us to like and not something that we were naturally liking like we was when he was first started. So when we we the thing that we loved about John Cena is that he has he has a hell of a lot of charisma. He's a very articulate uh, guy, um, very well in shape, good looking dude. And we knew he had something. I think once he left WWE to pursue Hollywood, I think people begin to remember why they love John Cena again. And he's been in roles before, you know, um, I forgot the other movie that he was with um, before this, but, and I can look that up real quick, but he started off in some really funny movies, mostly comedy. I thought that was a smart idea for him to do comedy first, Trainwreck is where people really got down with him. I mean, he did some stupid WWE movies before that WWE movies don't do anything for anybody. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, they don't make or break anybody, but John Cena really got his deal when he did Trainwreck, um, which he was hilarious in. And um, Amy Schumer and him together, just, it, it made magic. And he was, you know, often on things. He did a lot of, you know, voiceovers for car commercials, still does. Um, but it was Suicide Squad now that just came out this year that really gave him the opportunity. James Gunn, once again, knowing how to utilize people right and play to John Cena's strengths, which John Cena has a hell of a lot of strengths in here. And he get he got to play Peacemaker. And one of the most, you know, he was the MVP, one of the MVPs of the movie and got a major role in this in that movie, like insanely major, uh, so much so that his character will be now played in a HBO Max original based on the Suicide Squad. So I there you go. But he's not stopping there. He's working alongside Little Rel of all people. One of my favorite, you know, modern comedians. Now, this dude, Little Rel. It's so much off and on success. <laughs> I mean, he was, he's always seen as like the side dude. He, we just talked about him on Free Guy. He was just um, on Free Guy as like, you know, the co-star buddy. He's always playing the co-star buddy of somebody. And he, he actually had a chance to do his own comedy series on Fox and he canceled it real quick on him. He was also on, um, I first seen him on uh, the Carmichael show you know and he was awesome in there but now he is literally co-starring and probably to me i think this is like one of the biggest roles that he has you know in terms of him being the actor he is a co-star like he is i feel like he was co-starring with other people but like this is to me like one of the most major roles that he's had where he can play where he's a major pivotal role in a character. He's the main character of the show and John Cena is co-starring with him. And to be working with John Cena in, in this stage, it's really cool. It's a, This was a great combination that they have with each other here. And um, I love this movie. This wasn't like a groundbreaking movie by any stretch. Um, this was a really good, solid comedy. You know, uh, this was directed by Clay Taver who this was a really interesting movie from a significant standpoint because you know Clay Taffer is a, uh, Tarver is a is a white guy who's directing this movie with a predominantly black cast with all except John Cena 
<laughs> in Merit of Hang uh, Hagner. You know, it, it it's it's really well done. It, I love what they did. Um, the cast is just the entire cast. This is great. Um, like I said, Laurel Howery is, you know, is the main character here playing Marcus. Um, Yvonne Orgy from Insecure is his wife, Emily. And I, this was just hilarious. These guys go on vacation where, you know, Marcus wants to propose to him and he wants to make everything great. Turns out they go on this vacation. Their whole entire beautiful suite has been damaged beyond repair and ruined and just water damage everywhere. Thanks to this other couple played by John Cena and Meredith Hagner, who plays Ron and uh, Kyla, uh, Keela. And these two are just wild. Like everything that they touch turns to ashes. It, it is just crazy. They destroy everything. They get drunk, drugged up and twisted every so often. So they end up meeting. They also just happen to live in the presidential suite above Marcus and Emily. And that's how they got damaged. And this is how they also meet in, in a sense, too. So the two wind up bunking with them in their lavish presidential suite to which they're trying to figure out whether these guys are rich or not. Turns out, no, they just spent money for, you know, like profusely money that they don't even have. <laughs> okay. And you know, what's the thing that I love about um, this movie, it was the kind of the, it plays on the ideas and the ideology that a lot of people in the black community feel is that you got two white people who just live so carefree and they do it's, it's really the epitome the epitome of white privilege in a sense and they just get away with murder literally almost every like literally um damaging everything and not having a care in the world just being able to do whatever they want whereas marcus and emily are a little bit more reserved because one they're black and they can't, they would never be able to get away with doing the things that these guys are doing. But Ron and Kylie who are doing it, regardless, not as a recognition of white privilege, but a recognition of just living life. But in hindsight, it is white privilege. <laughs> but they're just, they're, their idea is to live carefree and live for the moment and live life to the fullest in the craziest way. And they embark that idea and ideology onto Marcus and Emily during their vacation. So. You know, while Marcus idea to propose to Emily kind of goes out the window, he winds up still the, the two wind up, you know, getting engaged anyway. But they also bond with Ron and uh, Kayla um, for the remainder of their vacation and just live the wildest of vacation. I mean, literally wild. from the from the door of them getting of Ron and um, Kayla or is it Kyla? Um, giving them drinks, which is laced at the tip with cocaine. <laughs> it just goes on from there. The chemistry between Laurel and John Cena is tremendous. And, and as well as Meredith and Yvonne and all four of them, all four of them together, the chemistry, it's, it was just such great casting here, uh, done by the, uh, from this movie. Um, it was awesome. And they just had this crazy, crazy, crazy vacation. They come back. They, the vacation ends in which you think this is like one of those situations where you go on vacation, you meet a couple or you meet a good, so a bunch of friends or even meet a love interest that everything that happens there only stays there. This is the Vegas thing, except it doesn't. 
And turns out when these two get married, like some months later. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should probably add to the fact and spoiler alert, people. This, this, I mean, this is not like a Marvel movie, but there's some things that it happened here is just crazy. But they got so wasted, wild and drugged up that Braille or Marcus, I should say, was so out of it. And he felt like everything was happening. He had he ended up having, you know, having sex with uh, his fiance. But he also thought that he was having sex with uh, Kyla as well. And this is a very interesting thing because it goes months later and their wedding comes up. And then these two, Ron and Kayla, uh, Kyla or Kayla crashes. They're literally crashes their wedding because he runs into the fence of the wedding, you know, um, area that they were getting married at with Ron's park ranger truck, which by the way, I should note that Ron is a park ranger and a former um, man in the military. He meets he meets Emily's family, who, by the way, does not like Marcus at all. And this is how the week goes. This is pretty much how the weekend goes. So he ends up crashing the party. Somehow he t he ends up um, convincing their father to come in and, you know, and be in play this and, and be in this uh, be a part of the wedding. And it just gets crazy from this point. You know, the father doesn't like Marcus. They not not only does the father not like Marcus, but the son too, played by Andrew Bachelor. He plays Gabe. He was hilarious in here too, and he he has resentment for Marcus because he actually punched him over a game a while ago or something like that. And it just gets so outrageously crazy in there. But the idea is that you know Marcus doesn't have too many friends. Ron is playing his friend while he's on um while he's you know during the wedding weekend and everything and it just it just goes crazy from there so um i mean really quick overall i absolutely enjoyed this movie from start to finish my wife and i were looking at this movie and there was not one bad moment or moment that just fell out of place in there it's like this is not like a movie that just like reinvented the will but it was taken from a template that we've seen many times but it was done very well it still felt fresh and i would i would advise anybody if you are a fan of laurel yvonne or do you like both of them are great comedians if you haven't seen their stand-up go out of the way to see their stand-ups um meredith hanger who i believe has played in um what is the show search party as well go out of your way to check this movie out they were all great every like not only just the main cast here but you know a lot of other people so we got to see lynn winfield play uh emily's mom as well like i haven't seen lynn winfield in a minute like this is a, like mo most most people who watched her career know her from it's a thin line between love and uh, hate which is like the mark uh martin lawrence movie where she played like the uh crazy deranged you know girlfriend that tried to kill uh martin lawrence in that movie and her career has skyrocketed since that time, you know, and so she like, so she's like kind of legend within the, uh, the community. She's also played in East Bayou too. And, uh, the Josephine Baker story as well. Uh, so, I mean, she's known for playing some really, really great, um, movies in there. And the Josephine Baker story was a huge thing when HBO brought that out back then. So, um, 
you know, great casting here. Go out of your way, check it out. It's on Hulu right now. I honestly, if I get it a grade, I, I would say, I would say a B plus. I would say B plus because it like it wasn't gra- like a groundbreaking comedy, but it was a very solid comedy that I could watch multiple times. And John Cena, really, John Cena really found his niche uh, in Hollywood. I don't, I, I am such a big fan of post WWE John Cena. I don't ever want to see him back in WWE again. <laughs> I think he's, I think this is it for him. I think uh, after the SummerSlam, I don't want to see him again. As much as I don't want to see The Rock back in because they paid their dues. They did what they did. Um, you know, his career, he he went through a lot with his WWE career and he took it all in stride. I know he owes WWE his career and everything, but they owe him too. They owe him too in, in some cases. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more John Cena movie, movies with John Cena in there. But Lil Rel, absolutely. I don't know who cast this. Uh, I could see who casted this, but all in all, this was just a very fun film. Go out of your way and check it out. It's on Hulu right now if you got a Hulu account. So, all right, moving on. Anime fans, uh, just announced. My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission, which was announced a few months ago to be arriving in theaters, will come with a release date now, October 29th. Not only will it premiere in theaters, but it will uh, in, in the U.S. on that date. But we will also have the uh, opportunity to watch rather the Japanese or American dub versions. So. All of my favorite cast members of my hero academia uh, my hero academia that i had the pleasure of uh talking to on the read pop metaverse will be returning on that that is including justin brenner uh cliff chapin monica riel lucy uh christian i believe lucy christian's in there dave matranga all will be back on the show i mean in this movie and this movie looks awesome this looks major uh the new suits that they, the new stealth suits it, uh, that they are wearing in this movie is going to be awesome actually um bam presto ha- is making eight new figures based on a movie and i actually pre-ordered that should be getting that in january I, i'm looking forward to that because i i got a i got a midoriya figure already a statute figure but i don't have a uh a, a bakugo figure and i was like i interviewed him I, I deservingly i should get bakugo as well um as well as the rest of the cast that i interviewed too i mean out, out of respect i do have like a lot of statue figures um in here of people that i had the pleasure of rather meeting or rather had the pleasure of interviewing in here just to accommodate you know the room with that with the essence of uh the people that I, the great people that i had on this show uh so or in the repop metaverse for that matter so I am looking forward to this. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go. Here's two reasons why I won't be able to go see this movie uh, on that day. One, I don't know what theaters it will play. And I know it's not playing in all theaters. It never does. Anime never plays in all theaters. They play in selected uh, theaters. Um, If they put like this, if they play, if they just so happen to play it in the theater in my neighborhood, then I may go out of my way to go check it out in um and watch it before i do the other thing the other reason i won't be able to do it is that martin lawrence is having a comedy show that day 
which is a comedy show that my wife and I have been looking to uh, check out in 2020. It was delayed due to COVID situations. It's coming on the 29th. Finally, they're going to do it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I still got my tickets for that. So I, it's no way I'm going because it was supposed to be a major, major group, um, you know, a uh, group of comedians for that one. So it's no way I, we, we, we paid a lot of money for those tickets. <laughs> <laughs> far be it for us to miss out on that after all this time and we haven't been to a comedy show in quite some time i think the last comedy show we've been to was with um i think it was tommy davison yeah it was tommy davison that we went to and that was awesome so yeah uh that's where we're going for that day but if i can i will try to you know if it's in my neighborhood i will try to get an early screening of it if they even will have early screenings of it but also I'll just end up waiting to get it when it releases on digital, which if it's any, if they're doing it the same way that like Marvel movies and all these other movies are doing it, we should probably see it on digital within the course of maybe a month, a little over a month. Uh, Cause again, uh, it was said, I don't, I haven't uh, confirmed this, but it, it was rumored or said that Shang-Chi was scheduled to be released 45 days after they release in them theaters so they're just testing the waters with that again i wish it wasn't shang uh shang chi that was being tested for this i really don't because shang chi is just such an important movie it's every bit as important as black panther uh in a sense because you got a movie that's also like just like black panther that's representing um a bit of diversity and representation you know so i question why they would test that with shang chi of all things it's just i i it's a little bit i'm a little bit iffy with that one uh, you know could have picked any other movie to do that like hell, of course they wouldn't do that to spider-man they wouldn't do that probably to captain america um thank goodness i and i i i hate to say this but it's real but i'm so grateful that we were able to enjoy black panther when we did and how we did uh and like not have been affected by COVID because i think we would have had a different impact than we had before i it, i just feel like that that's what what it would have been and i think we would have we're about to see what's going to happen with that movie next week what could have happened with black panther in some cases so we'll see but my hero academia if, if you have a theater nearby on the 29th go out of your way check it out i it looks like it's going to be epic i am so looking forward to seeing that uh as well uh i mentioned marvel let's swing on to marvel and i mentioned shang chi let's talk about the fact that disney plus added the one shot all hell the king in present in, in preparation for the shang chi movie coming out next uh week on september 3rd now for those who have not watched it, there are still some people who have not seen this one shot or any of the one shots. For those who don't know, Marvel came out with a short film, a, a series of short films based upon um, some of the events of the first phase of Marvel. And let me tell you, let me tell you this. They fill the gaps on some of the things that has happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, in particular, All Hell the King. Now, also, the one-shot short films have also been the catalyst to um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
series that has come out with Phil Coulson. Uh, it has also uh, brought us Agent Carter, which, you know, she had a short, you know, Haley Atwell had a short film to, uh, as we saw what goes on in her world in this short film. This inspired them to do a full on two season Agent Carter series. Should have been three, but I digress. Um, so another thing that the one shots have done has filled the, the it, it answered the question that people constantly argue to this day about Iron Man 3 and the fake Mandarin played by uh, Ben Kinsley, who did a phenomenal job, by the way. I, look, I it's not like their 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 anger and arguments aren't justified. It actually is. I just say because of the one shot all hell the king it kind of justifies everything that's happened in that movie i know people wanted to see iron man versus the mandarin and, and I, in a, a lot of cases they should have because what people don't know is that the mandarin is considered iron man's worst enemy like one of his biggest enemies in the comic books and it just didn't happen that way and instead he will i believe he will be mentioned and noticed and seen in shang chi I, that's what is believed so one shot has been kingsley in jail after the events of the iron man 3 and they have him in jail and you will see what goes on there you will also realize that the mandarin is in fact real <laughs> and the ten rings is real um that that's what was discovered that there's no real spoiler alert for this because this all hell the king was out a decade ago literally a decade ago whenever almost at least rather a decade ago or almost a decade ago because iron man 3 whenever that came out was damn near over five to almost 10 years ago and that movie that that short film came out i believe in the dvd when it arrived so you got to see it behind the scenes and all this stuff and that's where they revealed it there's still people on social media who argues this situation with the fake mandarin thing and now this whole entire movie shang chi will answer all of those questions that this little short film started as a prelude to all this so yeah uh go out of your way to check it out it's on disney plus right now in in prep for this movie coming next week because it's going to expand on it in in such a way in there so all right i was waiting to talk about this as well as the next thing i'm going to talk about from there but all this talk about the leak with spider-man far from home came in and uh man i first of all i am so glad that uh, marvel decided to say screw it we're just going to show the um the trailer here but it got leaked somehow that the trailer came out and people got to some people got to see it well marvel you know just went ahead and just decided to like look we're going to we're going to show it and i'm glad that they did because what we saw was absolutely fantastic uh i am so excited about seeing this film after uh after this fact of this so we got the almost three minute trailer of this and what we discover is that not only is Doctor Strange a part of this movie, but it technically is a Doctor Strange movie because we get all the Doctor Strange special effects and everything there. The movie, the trailer, I should say, starts off with, you know, MJ and uh, Parker on the rooftop. And it looks like this is going to start off right about the time 
at the end of the second movie where what was going on during the process of the second movie um where they discover that peter parker is spider-man thanks to j jonah jameson and now everybody is being affected by the fact that peter's identity has been revealed and they still think that he killed mysterio and all the stuff so mary jane's being affected uh everybody's being affected by what's going on to this and it's causing a lot of trouble for aunt may for uh for everybody in, involved for ned ev just every everybody is close to him so he goes to the sanctum and looks for uh a it looks for dr strange who is for, i don't know what's going on in the sanctum but it, it's all frozen there's snow ice everything inside the sanctum Doctor Strange is wearing a down jacket hoodie with the cape behind it. Um, this is very interesting. Somebody, and, and he's wearing like boots and what looks like sweatpants or whatever and a hoodie. And it's really weird. It's really funny and weird. Somebody on social media, and this was hilarious, took a screen cap of Doctor Strange in this getup that he's in and literally wrote the following caption of cosplayers when they're um eating breakfast in a hotel in the morning time before going to a con if that isn't spot on if any of you have actually have ever been to a major convention like rather san diego comic-con especially because this is where we saw my wife and i would be at a hotel where a lot of other cosplayers are staying at you know before we get to the shuttle that takes us down to the uh convention center and we would eat breakfast in the actual hotel and yes you will in fact see a lot of cosplayers eating breakfast in their gear before or ha half of what they were on uh, their gear before they head down to the convention center to be on to, to get ready to be on point and it just the caption was priceless because if anybody's ever going to a major con like that you see that all the time where you have to do hotel stays you see that all the time it's hilarious spot on so he visits Doctor Strange to try to ask Doctor Strange to possibly come up with a spell that will make people forget his identity. He is able to do this, but Wong, he Wong pretty much tells him like, do not cast this spell. It is a very dangerous spell. Doctor Strange agrees and says fine, but then he winks, meaning he's going to do the spell. This is to me, when he did this it's kind of like wow this is very uncharacteristic or is it i i don't read dr strange comics as much but i feel like i know enough to know that he's not known for doing devious things like this and apparently he did this spell he was going to do it where it was going to um it was going to erase everybody's memory of peter being spider-man that is including ned mj and aunt may which he wanted some people to know who he was. And while he was not, when he started thinking about it, he's messing up the spell that Dr. Strange is doing. And the, the spell being manipulated the way it was has unfortunately done some major damage in not only their lives, but the entire multiverse, which now has Spider-Man going through all these Dr. Strange like multiverse warped type of situations 
and it's turning everything upside down topsy-turvy as you would expect if you watch dr strange you know what to expect so you're gonna see all this uh they also show scenes with spider-man and the uh iron spider suit again um we see uh happy hogan is gonna be back john favreau is gonna be back in the movie as well we also see a pumpkin bomb that looks a lot like the pumpkin bomb used in the original sam rammy spider-man we don't see we don't see green goblin but we damn sure see that pumpkin bomb we don't know if it's william defoe making his return it's or whatever it's that's being closed but what we do see is an octopus a, mecha a mechanical octopus arm pull out and lo and behold the return of dr octopus is back and making his marvel cinematic universe debut everything that we were rumored everything that was rumored about this movie is coming into fruition we're seeing a tidbit of with it now what we don't see is andrew garfield we don't see uh toby mcguire we don't see these guys yet we don't see these guys yet but it's rumored that these guys are coming back the fact that we see doc ock from spider-man 2 is almost almost confirming that these guys are going to be back but what this also does what this movie also does too i mean this trailer also does too is tells us that this is possibly how they're going to migrate peter from the marvel cinematic universe onto the sony universe and how that is going to intertwine with each other so that's interesting i think they're going to do this justice i truly believe this um it, it, it's it's an interesting thing because as we know this is spider-man's last this is tom um this is uh tom oh what is this god i'm blanking out on him um this is going to be the final episode of i mean the final movie i should say of spider-man in the marvel cinematic universe as he's going to go to the sony universe and this is i, I it's it's going to be interesting now i don't know how he's going to um portray himself in that character in the sony universe but it's going to be interesting but tom holland i should say um I, I i'm looking forward to this i am looking forward to this this is going to be the last hurrah of him and i, I you know they're they going to go out with a bang here we're going to also see a new suit as well but you know the other thing that i dig about this is that um we actually the the, the premise from this and a lot of people a lot of marvel comic fans saw this um the premise of this looks a very familiar here oh jp smooth i'm looking at the um casting by the way jp smooth is uh coming back in this movie as well he played in the second movie oh my oh oh i hate to be a spoiler alert here but the imdb oh wow imdb it has the entire cast here william defoe is coming back william defoe is absolutely coming back not only william defoe is coming back uh as mentioned before jamie fox is coming back as electro this is going to be very interesting this is going to be huge flash um thompson's coming back as well so um wow hannibal barris is coming making a comeback as the coach too this is going to be major but they don't i don't see 
and I, they're probably keeping this a secret remember i told you guys before imdb reveals people but they don't reveal everybody um they don't necessarily reveal everybody yet and, and, you know everybody each studio has control on their own account so they don't reveal anybody yet they also have a, a paula newsome in here as well and doesn't say who she's going to be portraying in here um which is very interesting so uh that's that's uh that's gonna be interesting but i'm looking forward to this it's coming out uh what did they say this was coming out the 17th of december they say christmas but it's the 17th of december i am damn sure going to the movies i think honestly i don't know what's going to happen from now to then because we thought everything was going to be better now that everybody was supposed to be vaccinated and everything that everything was just going to be better from here and then it, you know it, it is what it is unfortunately thank you to those who did not so hopefully this may be the film that brings people back into theaters and it's going to be exclusively in theaters everywhere um i hope that we could get people on the ball by then uh just please people stop I, I i i say this for a breaking moment to say because and it's all because people fear and i i feel like the people who always lacks the knowledge of what they fear the most and that's the reason why we're in the situation we're in now and the best way to fight that fear is by learning and get more information on why you fear such and such so if you do that then you figure it out i did i took it it's now august i got it i think in march i'm cool so and i know it's not perfect but you know neither the people are denying it but i digress so i'm looking forward to this as well i i uh this movie is going to be kind of heartbreaking because you know having spider-man in the marvel cinematic universe for me has been the best thing ever because of the fact that i'm a big spider-man fan and i feel like you can't have the marvel cinematic universe without spider-man so being able to not only have him for one not just one movie but two movies but three movies plus he's playing in civil war he was in infinity wars he was in endgame and he is scheduled to be in dr strange's movie as well so it's not exactly the last of that we will see of spider-man because he is scheduled to be on um in the multiverse uh, of madness as well so i think this may actually be a this could be a uh, to be continued in a sense as well uh so stay tuned for that and much much more in there other news that i have here is we get our first look at the cast of cowboy bebop the live action uh it, it rendition of the beloved anime uh, Netflix is coming out with this move uh, with this uh, TV series and it's going to star John, uh, John Cho, one of my favorite actors as well. He's the he's the brother of Mark of legendary act uh, com com uh, comedian and actor. You could say she's a uh, comedic actor as well, but she's she started off as a, a comedian as well. But um, he's the brother of Margaret Cho who's like a legend in comedy now and john cho is playing and he's he's an established actor in his own right as well he's played in a lot of great tv shows and movies uh mostly known from star trek as well but also he's played in a show that i loved him on it's called off center it was from way back um and, and many other great films as well and of course 
uh, what is it? Um, American Pie. So he's playing uh, Spike, the main character, uh, which is, you know, originally voiced in America by um, Steve Bloom, of course. And he's going to be playing the live action version. He looks tremendous. He looks just like the damn character hair and everything i i really like the way they what they did with him i think he's going to do a phenomenal job he's a great actor um mustafa shakir is playing jet black i mean again looks just like the dude the cost the costume design is spot on you got uh daniela uh panita as faye valentine and these these three they looked apart the you know it if it, it, um you know a picture says a thousand words. It says that attention to detail was done by Netflix in this whole thing. And I am so excited about this. Um, I, I, there, of course, the social media being it is and the internet with it being what it is, they had to nitpick at every little thing to try to find fault with something. Daniela Panetta, uh, Faye Valentine looks exactly like her just visually. But of course, in the in the actual anime, she wore a headband and people made a big deal about it. I'm like, shut up. OK, just shut the heck up about that situation It's not a big deal. It's a headband like can characters not wear different clothes. OK, can 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 is that is that OK? Like, especially here's the thing, especially in anime. Anime is mostly known for doing a lot of diverse things and a lot of things that normal animated movies do for instance they wear different clothes they grow up they have kids there's a generational you know form of evolution in anime so far be it for this character to not have a headband i mean come, get a life okay honestly get a freaking life if you're just one little headband Okay, and who knows? We don't know if she's gonna, she probably will possibly wear a headband on a damn show. So shut up about a headband. Nonetheless, they looked apart. And look, I remember when X-Men first came out in 2000. There was not a lot known about this, but there was a, a lot of excitement because we had Blade, which really spearheaded what we are enjoying right now. And then Spider-Man came out shortly after no actually i'm sorry then x-men came out in 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 blade became the inspiration and motivation to say like we can make money off of superhero you know comics and movies and, and really put a give them quality x-men came out in 2000 and nobody people were excited but we didn't know we were still doubtful until we saw especially because when it pertains to the who was playing wolverine i'm like who the hell can play wolverine who do we know that can play wolverine it, it, you couldn't find anybody and think about that you could play wolverine and then we saw this picture we got the first look at wolverine played by a new actor that nobody's ever heard of named hugh jackman and we saw him with the mutton chops and the hair and we were like okay now i'm excited they got their wolverine so everybody else should be an easy easy cast from this point because wolverine was the hardest part to get you know over you got a guy who needs to look the part and he embodied just we haven't even heard him yet we have not heard anything 
uh, uh, from ja- from Hugh Jackman in terms of his acting ability, or whatever. But just the picture and his presence, it embodied the look of Wolverine. This is what I get when I look at the the, the pictures that Netflix released with the cast of um, Cowboy Bebop. It's the same thing. The the um, Spike's suit is spot on. Uh, Jet Black's suit is spot on. And yes, Fade Valentine's uh, outfit is spot on. It looks every bit as like what we envision. It tells me that they put a lot of emphasis on the character development and the actual costume design to give us, to really, you know, suspend our minds into the idea that these guys are actually live action versions of our beloved favorite characters of that anime. So I love it. I am looking forward to it. Um, it is scheduled to come out when it is. They do have a release date for it. Um, I believe it's in November. Cow, cowboy. Bebop. Television series. November 19th. It is coming out. So get ready. I'm looking forward to that. That is absolutely awesome. So got two more things to talk about here. And that is, oh my God, this episode of What If. Okay. We got to talk about this episode of What If. This was incredible and at the same time, insane. The episode. I believe it was entitled what if the world lost its mightiest heroes episode three which everybody thought it was going to be more focused on Loki because that's all we saw but we were thrown for a loop here and what we end up getting is something totally out of the blue now remember when we first started talking about this series when it first came out um or it was coming out and I described to you guys that this was kind of like Marvel's version of the Twilight Zone meets Alfred Hitchcock with a cosmic aspect to it and a comic book aspect to it. This episode could not be more accurate to what I was talking about because what we got here was the craziest episode to date. Like each episode so far, all three episodes that have come out, we got different types of feels to it. Like the first one was awesome because we got to see Peggy Carter as, you know, Captain Britain in a sense, or, but she's known as Captain Carter. So we got to see that, that was awesome. The second one was very heartwarming and, and, and fun uh, because it was, you know, it was Chadwick Boseman reprising his role and then it was the idea that T'Challa was Star-Lord. Great. This episode went a total 180 and in a great way and became this creepy thriller mystery murder mystery you know like where basically what's happening in this episode is that every avenger that nick fury tries to recruit dies in a strange and vicious way one by one they're all taken out the episode is based on the events of the first phase of the marvel cinematic universe from iron man one to avengers However, we don't really get to that Avengers point because the like all of the characters, the pivotal characters of the Avengers initiative dies unbeaten unknowingly it, it, it mysteriously, I might add. And I, like myself, 
and a lot of other people there's no I, I i haven't heard one person or seen one person on social media that said that they figured it out and i watched the episode twice it was it's really hard for you to figure out who did what and i think it was very clever of what they did um the ending of this was very shocking as the person behind all of the assassinations and i'm not pulling a spoiler alert here because this episode has been out since wednesday so if you haven't seen it yet that that's on you but the person behind all of these shots all, all of the actual assassinations i should say was none other than hank pym played once again by michael douglas this was insane um i it just didn't dawn on me and there's a scene in the episode where black widow finally realizes who it's about and the funny thing is when she says it and she leaves a message for nick fury it sounds like she's saying it's all it's 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 hope it's all about hope but we don't exactly hear her say that because it sounds a little bit muffled and i feel like they purposely did that because it actually sounds like she said it's the hawk it's all about the hawk and I, tr I replayed that so many times you don't necessarily hear it because there are sounds kind of layering that are layered a little bit over it and they kind of it just sounds like you're trying to decipher what she's saying and nick fury's trying to decipher what she's saying and then he says something that really starts to reflect on what she said and that's where he figures out that it's about hope hope van dyne and we don't know because we don't know what the hell happened or how Hope Van Dyne is involved in this, but Hope Van Dyne was a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this universe. And she ended up dying just like um, Janet also died when working with Nick Fury. And Hank Pym winds up, ends up like taking revenge of all of them by killing every single Avenger that he's trying to recruit. Now, as he's killing all of these Avengers that are trying, that should be Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Loki and his Legion of Asgardian soldiers come to America, come to the, um, Earth or Midgard, I should say, to try and take, uh, have revenge, quote unquote, get revenge on the killing of, uh, of Thor, which you could take that with a grain of salt in this case. And lo and behold, Th that turns ugly that whole thing the results of that turns ugly but what we get to see is some really awesome things going on here absolutely the best episode to date and one of the most shocking episodes to date and one of the most creepiest episodes to date it was just it was just awesome now let's go down and talk about the cast here because just like last week the cast is star studded and also like last week and the week before not every major actor in the marvel cinematic universe reprised their role there were some replacements just like it was last time so in hindsight we talked about batista in the last episode and we thought he was the only one that kind of got you know taken out of the loop here no i guess just i guess this actually just puts batista in the top tier of actors list here because there were some other actors who did not reprise the role and were replaced here as well uh who wasn't replaced was samuel l jackson nobody's good i mean they actually there is an actor out there who does 
sound like Samuel L. There's a couple actors who sound like Samuel L. who does some of the other Marvel projects, but no, we got Samuel L. reprising his role in this episode, uh, saying some of the same lines that he said in some of the movies that he was in, and then also, you know, some other ones as well. And you could tell he read he redid those lines because the, the, the lines that he said in this episode were the same lines, but they sound differently from what they did in the Marvel the extra live action movies in there so um he definitely is reprising his role they just they didn't recycle any of the lines that he did here uh like i said michael douglas came back to play hank pym which was awesome because in hindsight michael douglas is a extremely high tier actor for him to come back and here to reprise the role and be the killer of this all this was awesome his okay how they illustrated him and, and, and the, the character designer him i loved his look it looked creepy it looked dark it looked treacherous um like he very dark he had bags under the eyes he had dark eyes he looked deranged he looked like he was stressed he looked like he was out for revenge and awesome part about this his suit that he was wearing was a hybrid of the yellow jacket uh suit and with the uh with the ant-man helmet on thought that was awesome i thought that was really awesome that he uh put it so like the yellow jacket suit is just automatically a villain suit okay so it, it was um really well done i really i really enjoyed uh his performance there and it was a very it was a it was a big surprise a big surprise a lot of people were shocked because they didn't think about it but it all makes sense it made so much sense by the end that it was him and why he did it you know it, it was just brilliantly done whoever wrote that episode was just awesome also not available and i don't think this had anything to do with the recent situation and i know there's probably going to be somebody out in social media who's thinking oh well scarlett johansson didn't reprise the role here and it was no remember I, and i gotta say this remember idiots because there probably is some idiots on social media who probably just automatically said i guarantee there's too many people populating this world not to have a few dumbasses that will say this i guarantee you somebody's going to say that the reason why scarlett johansson didn't reprise her role on this thing is because of the contra the recent controversy despite the fact thinking about it geniuses that scar this whole thing was filmed probably a year ago way before this controversy happened so they already intended not to have her on here because she's high she's top tier say say what you will um instead in her place was none other and i thought this was a great pick none other than actor lake bell you know that name she played in uh into the spider-verse as um uh, i believe she was doc ock in that one she also uh was in wet hot american summer 10 years later but she is more known as poison ivy in harley quinn tv uh the tv series on hbo max she is awesome on that show and i thought she did a tremendous job uh playing uh natasha romanoff i like i can hear that as lake bell but she you know she did really well playing that role on here um in here i thought she did a great job uh tony stark also not played by rdj of course the highest of tier of actors in that role it's like they pay 
he's paid way too much already to play. And now, granted, it would have been nice to hear his voice, but he was his role was not he, he wasn't on here for long to be playing that voice. Instead, um, Mike Wingert, uh, he uh, took his role and he's he's known for playing a lot of other different Marvel projects, much like Fred Tatasciore last week with uh, Drax. Um, he's known for playing. Uh, he know he's played in um, Marvel Future Avengers uh, that series as Iron as Iron Man. He's played in Spider Man, Avengers Assemble, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's played t- uh, the character in many different ways. So uh, here's where I get really happy: playing the re- and returning is Agent Coulson, played and nobody can play this character but him. Clark Gregg makes his return as agent Coulson and here's my thing this is why I so loved it's just like I loved the fact that they had an episode that was totally focused on uh Peggy Carter because you got two shows that were the early stages before we had WandaVision before we had um before we had WandaVision before we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier before we had Loki before we had this show we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then following that we had Agent Carter those were the two primetime series connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that set everything off from here that they without the success of those two and especially more or less um more than anything Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. we wouldn't have got these which I think are next level to that uh because what they are doing with the series that we have now is truly connecting them to before and I I I take I resent the idea i believe one of the directors or writers when uh wandavision came out said that we now have tv series that are connected to the marvel cinematic universe that it was incorrect because agents of shield did in fact connect to the marvel cinematic universe in so many major ways including the events that took place in age of ultron and especially the winter soldier that was when the show truly picked up because it was part of the big situation and a big scandal with um hydra being with compromising you know shield for years so that was a major 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 storyline in both the movie and in that show you also got ghost rider in there you had you know thor the dark world connected with it as well uh and some other pivotal moments too i mean like you cannot take away what that show had and what impact it had on the show. Um, you can argue for the Netflix series, which uh, the Netflix um, Marvel series, which also is connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, as well as Cloak and Dagger, but they were lightly connected because there was no real, nobody from the actual universes came into their worlds, into the movie uh, franchises and came into the worlds. We got Nick Fury in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We also got uh, Lady Sif in there as well. We got a few other people that came in that was connected. Uh, Agent Sitwell, who was back and forth in different shows as well. Um, Gideon was in there as well. I mean, we had a ton of different people that was in the movie that repaired in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So to say that that's not a major factor, that was not, that was untrue. And Agent Coulson, before uh, Owen Wilson played Mobius, was that dude that everybody loved like mobius is now the new colson like say what you will oh, mobius is absolutely the new colson now but to hear carl greg reprise his role and does what he does best with this role 
it was just awesome especially the scene where he you know comes in and he uh he finds thor getting the hammer in that scene from the original thor movie and they just start talking about thor's hair and hawkeye talks about thor's hair it's just it was hilarious because that's a running gag not only just on the show but in in just pop culture like the helmsworth hair is just a thing of beauty for people uh i remember they even talked about they joke about it on family guy all the time as well um we also get back uh frank grillo makes his return in this episode uh he he plays brock um romlo romlo aka crossbones but before that he was an agent of shield aka an agent of hydra <laughs> so this is the before he became crossbones deal and he he's in the scene with that so it's always great to see frank grillo in here because i thought he, even though he's not in much of the actual marvel cinematic universe he makes an impact whenever he's on so i thought that was cool as i mentioned hawkeye is back in here clint barton jeremy renner makes a um another appearance he was on uh the first episode as well at the end of uh, agent carter as well he's back again playing the scene of him aiming the arrow at uh thor where colson tells him to stop instead he slips and that we now know is due to michael uh to hank pym <laughs> here too so uh just great having him on here as well now what we also get is scenes from the original incredible hawk this is another thing to me that really i i was so happy to see because again there's always this conversation that people will say that they thought the hawk some all right let me let me let me clarify this and rephrase this there's a vocal minority that means a small amount of people who often say that they didn't like the hawk a vocal minority that means a little bit of people who make some big lot of big noise there's a lot of people who also like the Incredible Hulk movie too. I loved the Incredible Hulk movie. I thought it was way better than the Ang Lee Incredible Hulk movie, first of all. I thought um, it was well done. I liked that it. it was kind of took uh, shades from the original Bill Bixby Hulk and the cartoon from the 80s as well. Uh, but I, I thought it was, uh, they did a great job with this. Betty Ross uh, was, which was um, originally played by Liv Tyler, Steve Tyler's daughter, of course, and a, you know, respected actor in her own right. Uh, didn't come to play this part. I don't know why she wasn't asked to reprise this role. I don't know what's going on with that situation, but first of all, I'm looking at IMDb's page, uh, not IMDb, I, IGN's page. I don't understand why I even thought about Jennifer Connelly coming to play this role. Jennifer Connelly was from the Ang Lee version, and that was not a good movie at all. Okay, I don't even hear that. But Liv Tyler, uh, Liv Tyler, I thought she did it great as the Incredible Hulk um, version of um, Betty Ross, or Betty Ross, you know, in, in this one. I thought she looked the part, she played the part, um, but she didn't play, she didn't reprise the role. Stephanie um, Penicello, played the role in here and i thought she did okay i thought she did okay um i know Liv tyler's voice uh she did her own version of it i mean you can't Liv tyler just has a voice and a presence that is just her own signature like it's really hard to i'm sure somebody could but you got somebody who was able to still play it off and do it well for for the moments that she was in here as well so 
but just acknowledgement of the incredible hawk in here and having that scene was pretty good now we um in the original credible hawk which i should look that up i always forget no just yeah, so the original um, Credible Hawk movie during the first phase, we got Edward Norton to play that role. Of course, we know the situation. Edward Norton stepped aside due to controversy of the script or whatever like that, yada, yada, yada. Um, in his place, we ended up getting Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo ended up playing the role and in, in, in solidifying the role for himself. He came back and reprised his role as the incredible hulk but back then during phase one so they really just fit him in because he was never a thing until the avengers of course so we got to see what mark ruffalo would have looked like sort of kind of back if he was in that story so definitely this is a whole what if within itself like what if mark ruffalo actually played in the original credible hulk movie this is what happened when he plays in that movie for the short time that he was in so we got a chance to see him of course tom hiddleston gleefully came back to play Loki at every moment of his time <laughs> and did very well in this role as well taking over the planet after finding you know defeating Hank Pym so um Thunderbolt Ross here uh we didn't get let me see who is the bear with me for one second really didn't did he erase oh, here it is all right so we didn't get william hurt in this uh for what reason i don't know in this place we got uh mike mcgill who uh played the role in it and like i said the role wasn't um big for him for us to really take notice of it and it was short and sweet and he did a good job with it uh, we got a chance to see this uh, actor on uh, Grace and Grit, Shameless, and Grey's Anatomy. Uh, he did. He he was he was able to do the job right. What we all what we did see also it was a very small scene of Lady Sif with with um with a speaking role played by uh, Jamie Alexander once again, who um, returns as Lady Sif as well. So not only do we get a chance to see her in Loki. We got a chance to see her back here. I love Lady Sif. I love um, her in that role. And last, we got Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, not played by Brie Larson, but played by Alexandra Daniels in here. Very short speaking role. Didn't need to uh, utilize her for the amount of money that we had. So. And Thor was in here, too. But Thor, um, th this didn't involve him at all. Now, it's funny. Um, I know there's going to be other episodes that's probably going to involve Thor in there and the other Avengers. So I, I, I don't know if he's coming back yet. Um, didn't need him for this one in particular, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. Because remember, uh, for those who don't know or didn't remember, he was in Loki, the series. He, he voiced the frog Loki in that one episode when all the Lokis came together. So he was there for that one small scene. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back for this. So uh, overall, this was an awesome episode. I love this episode. Um, 
man, Disney Plus really justifies the subscription that they make us pay on a monthly basis because we've gotten some absolutely awesome content. Whether you're a Marvel fan, whether you're a Disney fan, even a Nat Geo fan, you there is something for everybody in that. This is literally possibly the best streaming network on the market right now. You know, and Netflix is still hanging. It's still there trying to hang into the first uh, place slot. But I think Disney Plus is really getting over on them. I think they really, really getting over them on this. So it's just go out of your way. If you haven't seen What If, and if you're a comic book fan who used to read the What If comics, you got to go out of your way to see this. It's just beautifully done. Without a doubt, the best Marvel animated series of all time. And probably the first Marvel series to really go into competition with anything Warner Brothers and DC has ever come out with because, God, my, my goodness, it, it, for years, w, I'm about to say WCW, for years, WB and DC animation has come out with some absolutely awesome movies and stunning, you know, uh, animation. This animation with Marvel that Marvel's doing is so great. It actually competes with anime and that's saying a lot. And it, 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 original Disney animation from like the early 60s, 50s, whatever, like we're the most superior form of animation everywhere that Disney built their empire off of those animated films because of how great those animated hand-drawn uh, hand films were. And it's great to see that they went back to that in a certain way. And, you know, it looks hand-drawn, but it's definitely CGI. It's definitely 3D animation and, and whatnot. But it, it's so great to see them get back to the and evolve it in a way that just this is what we love Disney about. So go out of your way and check it out if you haven't seen it along amongst all the other content on Disney Plus there. Uh, last bit of news before we jump out and go into our very special talk topic is... My thoughts on um, The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, the movie uh, based on Netflix series and novel, The Witcher, which is uh, this one. This movie is an anime that tells the story of uh, Geralt's uh, mentor, Visimir, and his journey to become a witcher. Um, you get the chance to see him in his youth living with uh, his father, who are they're both servants to royalty. And Visimir wants a way to find out of poverty. He wants a way to live a better life. He hates the life that he lives, even though he has some people and that he love and loved ones or whatever. Um, he meets up with this witcher who uh, he learns that being a witcher and being a part of the mutated guild is very rewarding, despite the situations of people hating or fearing them who are being mutants and that who can weld magic. He he doesn't see that. He sees these people are getting paid. They're getting living to giving them live to life to slay monsters and do all sorts of things. He's there. So he goes off into his own journey and does that. And within this movie, we could see a lot of great animation. You know, it's an anime form. So we, we get a lot of great anime um, animation and fight scenes. And it's all work. That's just watching that is all worth it alone. But the storytelling continues to be a solid as the franchise it's the live action franchise itself so overall i've really enjoyed the movie uh i thought it was absolutely great 
uh in a sense the acting was great in there the storytelling was great it seems to gel really well with the aura and essence of the actual uh series which will be coming out with a second season sometime this year as well so i'm looking forward to that and stay tuned for all that and more and, and again if you haven't watched it go out of your way to check it out it's on netflix it's a great great movie out there folks that will do it for this lengthy episode of what's new in the world of acng or segment i should say we're going to take a break come back and when we do we're going to revisit the life of one chadwick bozeman one year later talking about it everything that we went through and what we're going through now and experiencing now since his timely passing untimely passion has to say we'll do all of that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is Dak Xavier Josiah the host of ACMG presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is Miley Flanagan the voice of Naruto this is Stephanie Shea the voice of Sailor Moon this is Ruben Langdon the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry hey there this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter 5 this is Chris Battle character designer of Teen Titans Go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week. And it is my pleasure to talk about, of all topics, the life of Chadwick Bozeman one year later after his passing. Somebody, a, 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 a talented man, a giving man, a courageous man who I believe deserves every bit of the term influencer, not only just influencer, but inspire. The term influencer is now known as a marketing term given to people on social media that is rather everything but influential like everybody who to me is an influencer today like the jake pauls and you know the instagram models and all this stuff who just really or people that just lacks every bit of talent to some extent um are given the title of influencer i cannot be influenced by people who do dumb stuff i cannot be influenced by people who are just there for vanity reasons i could be influenced by someone who gives back someone who provides enough passion and talent that inspires you to be as every bit as passionate as, as they are that's what chadwick bozeman was chadwick bozeman is the every bit of the true term influencer if i'm going to be influenced by somebody i'm going to be influenced by a guy who even when he was at his toughest moments and most challenging moments still had the strength to give back to show love that's a person i don't even just want to be influenced by if i ever met him 
I want to be inspired by it by just seeing what he does. And we found out what he got to do after he died last year, August 28th, 2020, which was considered Jackie Robinson Day, a role that he played in the movie 42. August 28th also marked the day of the protests in Washington against racial racial justice. Can I tell you how much of an impact this news came last year? I mean, to those who are listening to this show, I absolutely know what that felt like last year. Imagine being at that protest in Washington, D.C. And you're hyped and you're passionate and you want to, you know, show you, you want your voice to be heard. And then you look at your cell phones while you're at that protest. And you see that one of the major symbols of change, a, 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 a true trendsetter, a true game changer in the world of Hollywood and and culture and art and black culture and in American culture died on that same day. It had to be beyond heartbreaking. It, 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 it had to throw you off in a, in a huge loop as you're trying to fight for racial justice and the mistreatment of my people. And you see that one of the biggest by one of the biggest advocates of racial injustice in civil rights, a major figure in all of that, he's gone on August 28th, 2020. And with everything that we've already lost so far, that was a major an absolute major, major blow. Not only just my community, but the world who finally got to see a black superhero in the same breath as a Captain America, as a Thor, as a Spider-Man. And he's gone. I know some of us are looking like we can't have anything, man. But if anything, we could say we had him for the time that we did. And I can tell you, I'm grateful. I am very grateful. And then to learn what he did afterwards. I mean, we're going to talk about all that. But let's start with, of course, what he's significantly known for. He is known for playing a lot of black, legendary black figures in history, including Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, people argue this too, in a lot of cases, T'Challa, because T'Challa in the comics created by Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, was a major deal, and a major deal in not only comic book history, but American history. You got two guys who just, two white guys who created a dominating black superhero a black superhero that had his in his first appearance defeated one of the most powerful superhero groups in the world and that's the fantastic four that was huge and then they go on to you know build on his 
legacy a little bit more. Not all of it was perfect, but it was perfected along the way thanks to people like Tanahasi Coates and you know other great you know writers out there. Um, I'll even I'll give a nod to our previous guest Jeffrey Thorne, who even wrote um, Black Panther's Crest, the animated TV series for Disney for Disney um not Disney Plus. Well, it's on Disney Plus now, but for Disney XD at the time, and it was a great, great, great story that he told. Um, but then you know we got the cast and crew from Black Panther. I just watched that that movie again last night. Uh, in honor of him. Just awesome. Ryan Krugler did tremendous with that movie. Chadwick did phenomenal with that movie. He is our Christopher Reeves, man. Like, you remember when Christopher Reeves came out and he did Superman? You looked at that and was like, dude, he owns that role. If anything, he's like, he's the... He's the pedestal that people have to do. And I know it, the reality is we probably will see a Black Panther maybe a decade from now. Maybe no, if they choose to want to revisit that. But Chadwick is to us with Black Panther as, you know, Christopher Reeve was for Superman back then. And man, what a legacy this man has, has had. What a legacy. Um, you know, this is a guy who grew up in South Carolina and attended Howard University. Here's a fact that people don't understand, and it was just gonna, it's going to be crazy hearing this today because of the circumstances and the significance of this. One of his teachers in Howard University was, in fact, Felicia Rashad, a.k.a. Claire Huxtable, a.k.a. the woman under fire for her words uh, backing up Bill Cosby recently. And... I don't still don't know the verdict of whether she is canceled or not, but here's the thing. And this is where the cancel culture situation comes in. Yes. It was hurtful to hear Felicia Rashad defend what is her friend, Bill Cosby, what has been her, you know, her, you know, TV husband for generations. And those two together have made an impact the same way that Chadwick did with Black Panther. The difference is Bill Cosby is, you know, albeit free, he's still guilty of the crimes that he's done. And with that said, Felicia Rasad said some things that was, it was what it was. She did apologize. And, you know, you take it for what it is. It, it, you know, people, people in hindsight do make mistakes, but if they allowed, if you allow themselves to own up to it, you got to allow people to, you know, own up to their mistakes and, and make amends with their mistakes. Because those who are judging are probably just as guilty in their own right for think for other things that they have done, but they just aren't on the spotlight yet. And I say that to say this, because if we, if Felicia Rashad, say if Felicia Rashad, if this whole situation happened during the time where she was teaching in, in Howard, and she taught Chadwick Boseman because she was his teacher and she was canceled out and she was fired from Howard and all this. We would not have gotten Chadwick Boseman. Who not only she did she teach him, but 
there was a situation where Chadwick and a few other, you know, uh, students were accepted to be a part of, you know, this. Uh, it sounded like they were saying, I believe it was BAFTA or whatever like that or something major that would have that would have uh, extended their careers and elevated their careers in acting in Hollywood. They didn't have the money to do it. Felicia Rashad made one phone call to a friend of hers, that friend being Denzel Washington, who wind up helping Chadwick Boseman's career and paid for his everything that helped him become where he was now. Chadwick, in hindsight, you know, pay, you know, he, he gave tribute to Denzel for all that he's done for him. If not for Denzel, we would not have gotten Chadwick. If we would not have gotten Chadwick, we, not, we would have not gotten Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and of course, T'Challa, which that movie made a cultural phenomenon and impact on the world, not just America. Black Panther was felt around the world. There is video footage of people in, in different parts of the country, uh, of the world, Korea, Japan, uh, I believe UK, that they all embraced that movie. Before 2020 came and everybody started really showing, started beginning to show that we matter and supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, you got to give some credit to to the cast crew director of Black Panther for what they did and, you know, showing that we have worth, showing that we did matter out of that presence, that we do have a presence in major Hollywood, in mainstream Hollywood at that. It was definitely for that. We then learned after he passed away that, um, he was been diagnosed with colon cancer since 2016. Now, if you guys remember, 2016 Chadwick Boseman that was the year Civil War came out and that was his first appearance into the Marvel Cinematic Universe so I am trying to look up right now he was diagnosed with cancer he's been battling it for four of those years he was been battling for four years of colon cancer while doing Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame. And then on top of that, on top of that, that's not all. That is not all. He also did the Oscar-nominated Black Rannies, uh, Ma Rambi's, uh Black Bottom. He did the, uh, the Five Bloods, which was Spike Lee's movie. Awesome movie. Both of them on Netflix, by the way, I should say. Um, oh, he was awesome. He was awesome as Stormy Norman on um, the Five uh, Bloods. He did 21 Bridges in 2019, like which was a um, which was also done by uh, the uh, who, who, who was the uh, um, Brian Kirk was uh, the director of that one, too. So he was doing all think about doing one movie doing one movie folks can take over like two years to do that's two years of considering what these movies were each and every one of these movies were not like you know dramas where he's sitting on a couch or he's you know at a restaurant or he's and he's doing a scene or no these were full-on action scenes he got to be wired up 
to do this and that he's got to be he's got to show some fight scenes and all this he's doing this while battling colon cancer we cannot for, okay we listen which i'm about to say as i'm saying all this right now and you're listening we cannot ever forget this because we need to instill this inside all of us each and every one of us whether it's a few thousand of you that are listening to this or even if it's just three people you need to to really be influenced and inspired truly by what this man has done and then you go and look on social media look what is considered an influencer out today okay that influencer term needs to end because it's it's so everything but everybody who's considered an influencer today in my opinion are most likely people that you should never be influenced by i don't even want to be influenced by chadwick to be honest i want to be inspired if i knew him yes i would want i i would want him to say i want him to influence me to be a better person i want me i want him to influence me to give back that's what an influencer should be not somebody who's trying to get likes or followers or even like to to get sponsorships for products that they would never probably even use or eat just to influence a bunch of people to do the same now i want somebody like chadwick boseman that's who i should be influenced and inspired by he never tried to sell anybody anything he never cared about likes he did care about the people and our people and what was right and when he it was time for him to speak out he spoke out even on his dying day even before that like his last tweet can we talk about his last his last tweet okay well before we do that we got to talk about it because like we still got to talk about the fact that he what he was doing while he was battling colon cancer i mean like that he was doing the movies but even in between that he took the time out and now we know how more intimate and deep this was that he did. He took the time out to even do charitable work. And I got chills just saying that too, because you know, just that—that's that's just the idea of that. He went to do charitable work and visit hospitals to meet kids who were also battling cancer, unbeknownst to anybody that he was also battling his own fight as well. influencer that is the person i would like to be influenced by seeing footage of him making everybody happy and him trying to make himself you know happy as well but I, you know we don't know what's going on in his world we just don't know at the time and you know but he just kept it moving still paying it forward still doing what he needed to do it, it, interesting story Interesting story here too. Isaiah um, Whitlock Jr., who was uh, Melvin on the uh, on the Five Bloods, he talked about I forgot where I, I I don't know if it was um I don't know if it was on uh, TMZ or not or whatever or what I forgot where I seen this footage from. But he was talking about he was talking about his memories of Chadwick. Unbeknownst to him that he was in a condition, he thought that Chadwick Boseman 
was in fact like a prima donna dude like because off camera apparently he was being catered to you know uh immensely uh i believe they said his wife was there i could be wrong on that but they said um he was being catered to um by people who were massaging his feet at the time every you know every time they went off um set and you know they were closing up they were closing out set or whatever like that he was you know being treated properly you know almost like he was like a prima donna main character dude and isaiah admittedly said that he thought he had he had some reserve about that he had because isaiah would uh, isaiah whitlock jr has been in in the game for a long time like if you've seen this guy he's been in so many different films he's been in so many different um you know he's he's been on black uh clansman five bloods he's been a lot of stuff before that it, infamously people have seen him on um skits on the dave Chappelle show as well <laughs> okay um he's been in this industry forever and almost almost honestly like he was on uh, she's gotta have it as well but like he actually this may have been his biggest role so he's has a long resume longer than chadwick but not in the sense of the quality of it uh because he's always played side characters or different roles or bit roles or whatever like that but he finally got this role with the five bloods and he's looking at chadwick and it's like this dude is a piece of work <laughs> he's getting massages and his feet all the time and you know they're catering to him left and right like what is his deal and upon learning that after he died that he had colon cancer and all this stuff now the perspective is different and kudos to uh, isaiah for admitting this which is something that a lot of people don't do they don't admit when they're wrong they don't admit when they thought something was there that it does it's okay to be wrong and he was mature enough he's a seasoned guy he's been through it all to know when he can admit when he was wrong and there's no and he nothing was hurt from him he realized that chadwick was battling colon cancer and now he looks at it at a different perspective and he was like now i see him as a different person now i see him as one of the most courageous guys i've ever met people people do that so often they they have misconceptions of people they draw inaccurate inferences at people and they find out that a person is not exactly what you you know project them to be this happens all the time in social media because the context is always done now he did that in, in live in front of him and had this misconception this happens all the time whether it be in person or on social media but you know it just goes to show how really great of a dude this was and it was awesome that he was able to pay it forward in so many different ways let's talk about the impact and we did talk about briefly the impact of black panther I remember going to the movie. I went to the movies to go see that thing like maybe two or three times. Um, the second time I went to the local theater because you know I gotta make it big. I gotta go to like movie tavern or whatever to see this damn film. There's no way in hell I was gonna not see this at a better theater. Okay. Um, I went to my local theater, but I, it was so awesome because I got to see families go, black families, uh, you know, people in my, in my community go to this like it was a major deal i actually took a picture 
of a family on their on a on a father's camera. Pre-COVID, way pre-COVID, by the way. I took a picture with the uh, of the family on the camera who were dressed in traditional African garments as a way to show respect in honor of this movie. It's not the first time I've seen that or even heard that people were doing it, but that's what they did. A lot of people, there was a lot of conversation about people wanting to, you know, come represent and be proud of the heritage that this was based on and, and such. And even though Wakanda is a fictional form of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe based on Africa, it's still Africa. And people wanted to represent. And, 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 I, and on, in all honesty, there is a piece of Wakanda spirit within Africa and a lot of us, you know, that embraces it. And the idea of Wakanda just being like one of the most um, technologically advanced uh, places in the world is just awesome. Thank you, Stanley and Jack Kirby for that again. But uh, the impact that that movie had was just, it's undescribable. I mean, it's its really, it's, it's, it's I mean, I wouldn't say, I, I gotta take that back. It's not exactly undescribable in a sense that is, there's so much to describe. There's actually a lot to describe about this film uh, and what it did for myself, what it did for our community, what it did for our culture, what it did for the industry of Hollywood, what it did for the world because other people got to see that we were finally being represented and it was the beginning of something more. Unfortunately, 2020 hit and something else also became a representation of, we need better representation in air as well. Um, it's just, yeah, just a year later and I'm still a little bit emotional about this. Um, we, I mean, we talked about it. We lost a lot of this. And let me tell you, the man looked out even on his last day because when he passed away, it was during a time COVID started, pandemic was getting heavy. And along with that, deaths of our community, Brianna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, um, ah, man, just, I mean, just so many people so many black faces, so many black lives that just died at the hands of, you know, police brutality and, and wrongful deaths and, you know, racial injustice and all this stuff in the midst of all this. We lost him, but before he left, and this was during the election. Remember this, this was during the US election. He, his last tweet was that of him with um, Vice President Kamala Harris. And I really believe that that tweet made a big impact on how this election went. People don't talk about it enough. I think his last tweet was very impactful. Amongst all that we lost with George Floyd, and and so many others we need a change and he didn't let his loss go to go in vain at all to his dying breath to the last day he tweeted a picture of him and kamala harris which and told us to vote 
And did we ever. Say what you will about what's going on right now in our country, in this world. It's still, to me, better. Significantly better than what it was last year and four years ago. And where we are now, after a year, after his passing, I, you know, after the tears have gone, and the tears still come back from time to time, even just thinking about him to an, to an extent. But I'm in contempt. I feel more comfortable with the understanding that we don't have him here, but we have him in spirit. And what I take away from it is that we absolutely should always learn to be influenced by people like him. Even more, to be inspired by people like him. That's the true definition of an influence. If you want to if you want to put a picture of somebody on a dictionary of influencer, Chadwick Boseman is the guy. Not Farrah Abraham, not Jake Paul, not Ninja, not any of these other. No disrespect to Ninja. Um, you know he he is a popular esport guy, but they also consider him an influencer too. But I'll take him out of the equation. I think he's a lot better than some of the other cats out there. But um, there's a lot of people, Instagram models, especially whatever like that. Not all Instagram models, because there's some out there that are using their platform right. Mia Caliph, shout out to you. <laughs> Despite you know all that, she 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 does a lot uh, and brings a lot of awareness in her platform. So you know, shout out to her on that. Um, but in terms of a lot of influencers just in it for the likes and love and, and, and followers or whatever like that, uh, or just because they want to do the most stupidest things to get noticed, even if you do get famous for which you, for, for the stupidest things that, you know, how about turn that around, give back, look out. This guy is a true hero even more paul rudd even said it best too um on on the chadwick boseman tribute to a king for a king special which by the way is available on disney plus uh if you guys remember they did put it on disney plus it is still available on air you can rewatch uh the 40 minute uh bio uh documentary it's a really well done job looking back at all that but paul rudd on there i remember uh saying um if you guys loved him as the superhero in the movie you'll be happy to know that he's even a bigger superhero outsider. He said it's something in a sense of that. Um, it, it, just true. It is absolutely true. He will always be our king. And if anything to take away from that is that like, you know, pay it forward, give back, be the hero that you, that he inspired you to be. And that is what I got out of this. And I like to believe that I am trying to live up to that standard you know in a sense or at least a frag even a fragment of it in a sense during my journey in my career and you know what i've been doing now i've been very blessed to do so and it, i do try to do as much as i can to 
you know, thank everybody that has helped my road for this far and all those who supported me and this show and everything that I've ever done. Who's truly has supported everything and everything and, and stuff that I've done and not do so, you know, with bitter and everything. I've had many people in my life. Um, I had some Denzels in my life that has looked out for me. Um, I got some now. I literally, I some, a lot of the reason why I am doing what I'm doing now is because of the help of those in the same entertainment field as Denzel that has helped me get through and do the fun stuff that I'm doing now. I couldn't be more grateful. I absolutely need to give thanks to members of our ACMG Facebook group, especially during that time. In particular, Tasha Jennings, who I've grown and bonded with uh, considerably and significantly throughout the entire year during that time, especially her and her husband. If you guys remember, if you've been listening for quite some time and, and especially for you guys in the Tumblr, uh, you know, community, I posted pictures there and I posted pictures on Facebook as well. Tasha and her husband Langdon owns a business where they uh, have a few properties of billboards around LED billboards at that. And she came up with the idea after a graphic that I actually uh, made in tribute to Chadwick Boseman and thought it was she really liked it enough to the point that um, she wanted to use it to be posted in the billboard uh, that she owns her and her husband own down in Texas. And, you know, believe it or not, one of my I have always wanted to have something on a billboard. I never thought in my dreams that it would be something in in terms of ACMG. And we talked and I decided to, yes, I I would love to do this in honor of Chadwick Boseman. So I did design uh, or redesign or optimize the design I had for the Facebook banner into a actual billboard banner and created the dimensions and size and restructured or whatever. And that's in fact what we did. Uh, if you want, you can go in to actually, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to not only say go into my Tumblr account, Talk Time Live, and you can find it there if you scroll back down, but I may actually repost it onto uh, this recent one, but I may also do so as a blog on talktimelive.com so you may want to pay attention to that when i may do that within maybe tomorrow and just do a brief mention about it because the significance of us working together to do a tribute to chadwick bozeman on a platform such as a billboard in texas of all places in 2020 and tasha and langdon are white i'm black we're working together for what we love the most and that is our fandom for anime, comics, movies, and games, but also Chadwick Boseman. At a time when there was so much turmoil in terms of racism, politics, and everything, time stopped, and we decided to stop it to do this one thing. And I can't thank her and her husband enough for doing that. It was just one of the most awesome things I have ever done uh, in that significance to have ACMG represented in another in another uh, state honoring Chadwick Boseman it's just surreal it is just surreal. I mean it's really surreal to say that like a Facebook group put up a billboard 
let alone in Texas. Okay, that speaks volumes of a lot of things. The fact that we can work together, that we can be fans of the same thing, that we can coexist together and show love to each other in a certain way. So, you know, if anything, Chadwick Bozeman in even the smallest of ways showed that there, we can show love in all different types of aspects and forms and that he is appreciated nonetheless. So with that said, thank you, Chadwick Bozeman. Once again, a year later, we didn't forget and we're not going to forget. Never. To my king. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Um, this was a deep one. This is a very deep one. I'm glad I was at least able to get everything that I was able to get in with this, but we needed to respect and pay homage to his life and career one year later. And it still, it still holds a near and dear to a lot of people's heart as well. So thank you once again, my king. Next week is going to be the review of Shang-Chi in uh, the 10 rings, which again, I say should get every bit as attention and respect and support as did Black Panther. It is going to have the same impact. It should have the same impact. Um, I'm looking forward to checking it out and reviewing that next week. I am going to the theaters, the good theaters to check it out. And uh, I look forward to talking about that. Also, um, on select start, I so can't wait to talk about this. No More Heroes 3 arrived uh, on Friday. And trust me when I tell you, I, I don't want to describe it as anything else, but a art it's, it's a artistic cocaine ride <laughs> right now. Uh, I'll describe, I'll, I'll, I'll explain what exactly that means next week when I review that fully and thoroughly, uh, as well. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more, but thank you guys again. If you love this episode, if you want to check out our other episodes, there are so many ways you could do so. One of which is talktimelive.com, which is the official website for the Talk Time Live podcast. You could go on to talktimelive.com. You could check out all about ACMG. You could check all about the show. Who's been on the show is in terms of the Talk Time Live guests, which we have way over 50 people who has been here. And some of them been in it multiple times. We literally just had um, the artist the Marvel comics and Udon artist Chamba recently, uh, who made his third appearance, technically second from a virtual standpoint, but he was on the live panel at, uh, Keystone comic-con with me along with long Vo there, uh, to talk about their work too. But he's on here to talk about his latest comic book, uh, that he's working with Marvel with called tech on Avengers. Go out of your way to get the first issue. It's awesome. And the next issue is coming very, very soon. Uh, probably in the course of like the next two weeks. So stay tuned for that. We also, um, have the list of people who's been a part of the repop metaverse so you can check that out go to the podcast page check out this episode and all of our episodes is there as well as the talk time live exclusive audio collection which you can just go to the search engine and type in ttl exclusive and it'll immediately pop up there you can also check out the exclusive video episodes there which has a lot of video episodes. Now, all of them, because I just started doing it at a certain time. Like right after I did the cast of Naruto panel, thank you, Molly, for that, um, who was the one who started me doing, it really kind of spearheaded me doing the video interviews for that. Um, once I got a taste, you know, what Molly, you know, really 
jumping me, jump started me on here abruptly. I might add, <laughs> I, I really got a taste of it. And I just, you know, started doing the video versions. It's just, it's been an awesome experience with that, but go, you can check the video exclusives on there. Uh, you could go onto the media page and also see the repop metaverse panels that I did with repop, uh, with some of our favorite anime, uh, cast out there. So you go there also have blog entries there as well. And much, much more to come from that. If you want to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platform, such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, and Pandora. And of course, our Tumblr community out there, which I always post there as well. All of those places you could check out and just describe, subscribe and follow from there. Uh, if you can go on any of those podcast platforms and leave a, a rating as source, the better the ratings, the more the people uh, rating them, the more awareness I will have in uh, those platforms. So thank you for all of the support that you've been given and keep, please continue to give that support there as well. So folks, thank you again for being a part of this special episode. That'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Top Live. I am out of here. Take care, be blessed, and of course, Wakanda forever, baby. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.